Awesome. So we are going to do this podcast. We are just finished up an investor seminar with the uh, ever amazing, talented Latoya Washington. Uh, Washington. I think I'm having a stroke. Uh, her amazing husband, Dr. Kevin Washington. They are investors. She is also the team leader of uh, Morgan & Company and associate broker for LPT. Yeah. Is that correct? Awesome. Correct. And Kevin does a bunch of other cool stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm a good sidekick. That's right, that's right. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Tell us about, um, we have a few people out here that will be asking us some questions about investing. But uh, go ahead and get started by giving us a little introduction. I'll let All right. you How you guys start? I appreciate it. Um, so I'll start. Um, like you said, I'm Dr. Kevin Washington. I go by Dr. K. Uh, I also host a podcast that I had the pleasure of having uh, Sydney on and, and learning a lot about his story and his business and how he's been able to uh, grow and help develop people. Um, I'm a real estate investor as well. I invest with my wife and uh, just here to share as much as possible, help people grow and learn too. Awesome. Thank you. I think you got something new to share. I think you do too. Uh, so uh, I'm also uh, an, an, another tick. I'm also a uh, mortgage loan originator. I just passed that test yesterday. There you go. Woo, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can also follow him at Success Leaves Clues podcast as well to catch some of those gems. And Absolutely. It's awesome. Um, I'm LaToya Washington. I am the owner of Team Morgan & Co. Realty here in the Richmond, Virginia area. I also am a real estate investor alongside this guy here. Um, great business partner. Um, and I also um, wear many hats. So I mm -hmm. own a couple title companies. Um, just doing my thing in this real estate industry. That's right. That's yeah. right. So when did you guys get started in the investment side? <laughs> we got started in investing in 2013. We tried it. Tried it. Didn't work. So jumped back in in 2021. And mm -hmm. now we are in full swing. We have found our rhythm. Nice. And we have some fix and flips and some rental properties out there now. Awesome. So 2021, we're in 2023, so in two years, how many uh, properties have you done? Uh, we will hit 16 by the end of this year as far as fix and flips, and then we have two rental properties. Awesome. So when you guys first got started, um, not in 2013, but the, the, the reboot, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, when you did the reboot, uh, what was your strategy? Because I think the biggest some of the biggest hurdles for most people is, is money, right? Um, because for a lot of people, the, the saying is use other people's money. And I know you guys told us that when we met, talked about investments, use other people's money. Uh, but the problem is how do you use other people's money? Right. Uh, cause a lot of, a lot of people come in and they're like, Hey, I don't, I don't, I just don't have anything. Right. So where do you go from there? So, the biggest myth that I hear on social media is when people say you don't need money to invest. That's not true. You need money. Um, it doesn't have to be your money. So that's, that's the trick there. And you can find different ways to do that. So you can have, um, there's, there's traditional lenders, there's hard money lenders, there's private money lenders. Um, I think the best way to get into investing if you don't have capital yourself is to find private money. Private money can be an aunt and uncle, it can be a neighbor, it could be a coworker, uh, a lot of people, right? And so by coming to events and being around, um, you know, groups and things like this, that's how you get access to capital because you start finding out who has money. Um, a lot of times there's people that have money that's uh, about to be taxed. Mm -hmm. um, there's money that uh, they just need to put to work. For example, our bank 
currently they have a CD that's like uh, I think four and a half percent. That's astounding. Four and a half percent. They're going to tie your money up anywhere nine months to twelve months, and they're going to give you four and a half percent. Well, I can say, hey Sydney, invest your money with me. I'm going to give you ten, twelve, fifteen percent, depending on what we negotiate. That's triple what he's going to get, and the bank's going to tie it up for nine months. I say, Sydney, I'm going to do that in about 90 days, and I'm going to give you a return on your money. So he's going to get, let's just call it 12%. That's three times what he would have made in a year at the bank by putting his money to work. He doesn't necessarily have to do anything unless he wants to be a silent investor, right? Sure. All right, so he puts his money to work. He's going to get 12%. I'm going to do that in 90 days. How many 90 days do we have in a year? Mm-hmm. So I'm getting him three times Everybody's his money. <laughs> it, it was uh, rhetorical. But I'm getting, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting him three times his money, and I can do that four times in a year. He's going to say, well, dang, all right, I'll give you some money. I'll give you 10000 20000 30000 you know what I mean? And now you who want to invest who didn't have any money have now found some money, right, because you found the solution. The solution is to give him a better return, and his solution is to get – he wants to get more money. Everybody's winning. So you got to find those situations and those scenarios that will, will cause money to come to you. It's there. Yeah. So one step further. So now you found, you've identified, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. right? I want to invest. I want to make money. I want to be rich because that's what all the, the, the HGTV channels tell yeah. me to yeah, do. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Right? Uh, so, so when I go get a traditional mortgage, it goes, uh, I go through whatever um, mortgage company, bank, whatever. And I go through the underwriting and it's a pain and they ask for all these things. I got to have credit and all this other stuff. So what does that look like with private money and hard money? Um, when we start talking about that stuff, um, cause credit's not as important, right? Um, I mean, you don't have to have that perfect credit score. You can go a little bit lower. They, they don't do from my understanding. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what does that look like? Cause now you got people I right, now I don't have any money. But I can find money through mm-hmm. these lenders. Yeah. But what if I don't have the best credit? So as far as credit, um, you don't need to have the best credit to get hard money loans. Um, what they usually pull your credit for with a hard money lender is just to make sure that you don't have any type of judgments or liens that will end up putting a lien onto the property that you guys are going to be doing a deal on. So they are just looking to make sure are you credit worthy as far as the asset that they have to protect because they're going to be giving you hundreds of thousands of dollars. So they want to make sure that they're protecting that at the end of the day. Um, they also do look at your experience sometimes as well. Yep. And so if you have experience from doing joint ventures with other partners, or if you have a partner in your deal with you that has the experience, they're bringing the experience. You guys may not have the best credit, but they'll still lend on it. Yep. So there's ways around it. And they're going to ask for the experience. They're going to ask for for addresses. And, yeah. And oh yeah. yeah. You just can't. You just can't walk in there. And be like oh, I've done twelve. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. They're going to say, "What are those addresses, yeah, please?" Absolutely. And they look to make sure that you are um, on the deed. So I always recommend if you do a joint venture, make sure you have a joint venture agreement, and then if you can, have yourself placed on the deed as well. Awesome. So we got our money. Got that secured. Now we need to find properties, right? Yeah. Uh, I know earlier you said, I think you said finding properties was the easy part. It is. Okay. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So what are the, what are the main ways you find? We've talked before. You say you get most of your properties off the MLS. I do. Yeah. Guys, the price that is on the MLS is a suggestion. Right. Okay? <laughs> That's how I look at it. Your property is um, in distress, yep. underperforming, and so I'm going to offer you a price mm-hmm. to solve your problem that you have currently. We have bought properties on the MLS. They were listed at 185 and I ended up buying it for 110 Oh, wow. So it's a suggestion. Okay. I just need to be able to solve your problem. And also, if you have your start in five, like I talk about, mm-hmm. then you're going to be able to go into that um, deal and negotiate with them. Right. So if I have my home inspector <laughs> go out and do a little home inspection, now I can tell you what you thought your house was actually worth 185 Did you know all these problems exist that I now have to take on? Now you've got ammo. Now I have some yeah. ammo in my pocket, and I can come and I can negotiate that price on down. And I think that's one of the uh, biggest, biggest, I guess, myths or unknowns is that people think that when you go, whether it's through a wholesaler uh, with the wholesaler in the room um, or <laughs> uh, through the MLS, that the price is the price. Yeah. Right. But everything's negotiable. Yeah. You know, no matter who you go through or if you just contact the seller directly. Right. The homeowner directly. Yes. It's always, always negotiable um, because at the end of the day, you have a formula that you have to make sure that the, the numbers work. Right. Exactly. And a lot of people, when they see the prices on um, the MLS um, that the seller is asking for, they look and they're like, well, I don't want to insult them by sending, you know, an offer to them and I'm lowballing them. Yeah. Well, they insulted you when they asked you for $165,000 or $185,000 for a house that's not worth that in the yeah. condition that it's in. Yeah. So it's like submit the offer to them. It's okay. It's a numbers game. The yeah. more offers you submit the more likely you are to get a, a property right. under contract. Right. The two, the two things you asked about so far, Sydney, um, you talk about the deal is easy to find mm-hmm. and finding money. So a lot of people right now, you might look at it and you say, okay, how am I going to get this money or how am I going to get this deal? I don't have it. Let me ask you, for those that watch this nationally, whatever <laughs> right. city you're in, whatever city you're in or if you're in Richmond, don't answer this out loud, but – do you know where I can go right now and get some heroin? Right now. Can you take me right now? <laughs> There's some head shaking. Hopefully, hopefully the answer to that is no, right? <laughs> but there is somebody in Richmond that can get me heroin right now. Mm-hmm. The problem is I'm not in that world. I'm not looking for heroin. I'm not hanging out with heroin addicts. But it's easy for them. It's hard for me. I can't go get no heroin right now. Sure. You see what I'm saying? So as, as soon as you start getting in the world, start getting in rooms and having conversations with people, there's somebody with a deal right now. And so it, it gets it gets easier and they start knowing you for that. Sure. I mean, it's no different than, than flipping cars, right? Yeah. Uh, you mm-hmm. get, like, I don't know where to go to find these old, old, you know, 1960s, you know, yeah. uh, uh, cars and whatnot. But if that's, that's your world, uh, you get into it, you know it where those deals are and, and you know easier. who to go to to offload it. Yeah. You know, same thing, right? And then those people start calling you too. Yeah. Yeah, offload absolutely. Properties. So absolutely. then it's the, the deals start coming, yeah. coming in easy. Yeah. So with hard money uh, or private money, either one, do you, is there 100% financing or do you need to put money down? <laughs> Good question. That is a great question. Um, so it all depends on who you're actually working with and what you guys negotiate. Um, there is 100% financing out there where they will take care of purchase and they'll take care of the rehab have to put absolutely nothing in but those numbers have to make sense right so we always talk about numbers the numbers is the important part Mm -hmm. 
Um, some of the lenders, they will require you to have some skin in the game, especially if you're a newbie. And so it could be that you have to have 10% that you're bringing to the table. Okay. But if you use the creative ways that Dr. K was talking about, where you can partner and have some private money lenders in your deal, you still aren't bringing your money. You're using other people's money right. for that deal. Right. And when you get these loans, hard money, private money, whatever, you're most of the time, right, you're just paying interest-only payments, right? Correct. During the process during the of process. the project, mm-hmm. so you're not, yeah, so you're not, you're not taking a whole another mortgage for the entire, no, right? Well, the interest only payments are a mortgage. It looks sure. like a so mortgage payment. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it looks like a mortgage payment. So <laughs> it feels like a mortgage. It feels payment. like a mortgage. It feels payment. like it because yeah. they're charging you the interest because it's higher right? interest. It's yeah. higher yeah. interest. So yeah. right now, if you look at the retail market, you may be at right around six point seven five right mm-hmm. now, seven percent. So when you are going to do hard money, they may be lending to you at 10%, mm-hmm. right. 11%. Yeah, 11%, yeah. So in that case, some people are like, oh, I don't want to do it because that interest is high. But who cares? But yep. it's the cost of money. Does yeah, your yeah. numbers still make sense, guys? Right. Like, that's the biggest part. So now we got the money. We found the property, mm-hmm. right? We've negotiated. Everybody's happy. Um, now, we won't go down the rabbit hole finding contractors, right? Uh, <laughs> But there's two two schools of thoughts, I guess, really. There's probably more. Um, but there's two ways to manage the projects, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one that you can find a, a like a Class A contractor, Class B, Class C, whoever. And for those that don't know, the, the only difference between Class A, B, and C is how much money they can handle for projects in exactly. a year. It doesn't, ma- it does, doesn't mean anything else. It just yeah. means that Class A has unlimited amount of projects they can do. Class C, they cap, right? They can only handle this much money. Um so you can have one of those guys, and they're going to charge more money because they're the project manager. They're the ones that's calling the electrician. They're the ones calling the plumbers. They're the ones calling the roofers, and they're overall managing the the, the project. Or you can be the project manager, yep. and you can call all these individual people, and you can cut out those fees. Right? Exactly. Uh, so which way do you guys tend to to go in that in that world? So for those of y'all who didn't hear the intro. We wear a lot of hats. So I am okay with feeding the general contractor. I am okay with feeding a class A. Why? Because once you start scaling, like we are, to be able to do 16 projects, it's, it takes time. Yeah. And so I'm willing to pay for the time um, because we still have full-time job. We still have companies that we own, other businesses. So it's like, I'll pay you. Yeah. As long as my numbers work, I'm good with it. So... How do you handle the contractors when it comes to the trips to Lowe's and Home Depot and and all those things? And because uh, we've talked about that before, I know you guys set up you set up accounts, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what's your what's your what's your stopgap for when the uh, he needs a new Milwaukee drill? Um, oh, they're uh, gonna tell me. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, ideally, you want your contractor to handle everything. I don't want to go to Lowe's. I don't want to do anything. But some contractors are going to if they don't have the capital to really run their business right, so what they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, well, we need you to purchase the materials, things like that. Again, I I make my money, I do IT work. So I make my money doing IT. So I'm going to keep making that money. I'm not going to take away from that time. She makes her money buying and selling real estate. It's not going to take away from that time. So we set up accounts at Lowe's and Home Depot. The contractor can go in there. They can get whatever on the list that they need. And the Home Depot Pro account is going to call us, and then they're going to authorize the payment. 
And then all we do is verify that there's nothing in there. Like a Milwaukee drill. Like a Milwaukee <laughs> drill. We don't buy tools. We buy, we buy, buy materials, right. right? If the contractor doesn't have the right saw to do something, that's your problem. It's your business, right? Figure it out. But if you need materials to do the property, then, you know, that's our, we'll, we'll pay for yeah. that. So from there, now uh, we got we got the money, we got the house, we got the contractors lined up, and and as we talked about during the actual seminar, um, always keep in mind, mm-hmm. interview your contractors, mm-hmm. right? Um, see their work, ask them specifics, like you said earlier. Um, you know, is this your project? Uh, no, are you doing the flooring? Are you doing the painting? Are you doing the roofing? Yeah. Um, because otherwise, when you call them later, like, yeah, I can do that roofing. You know? <laughs> and, and you find out that they, they're, they're watching YouTube while they're doing yeah. the roofing. Um, so you go through all that. And what's your, what's your typical timeline? So typical timeline for us to be able to purchase property and rehab. 90 days, we're out of it. Yep. 90 days, we should be back on the market if it's a fix and flip. Okay. If it's a rental, within six to eight weeks, we should be done right. and back out. And how are you pricing projects? When you're walking through, because that's a, also another mm-hmm. challenge, is yeah. is when you, because you can look, if you've never walked through an investment property, mm-hmm. you're going to say no to every single investment yes. property. Yes. Yeah. Every single <laughs> yes. one. You're right? like, oh, I'm scared. Yes, <laughs> because it all looks expensive, uh-huh. right? So how are you pricing without bringing – because the other part, other side of all this is is time, especially in this market, right? Yes. We had a break for a couple months, but we're back in this market. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it's, hey, I have a deal. Mm-hmm. And then you get 15 people within a minute um, saying, send me the info, and it's gone. Yeah. And you don't have time to say, well, let me get my contractor. Let me get this person. Let me get that person so I can get ballpark figures to figure out how much this is going to cost me. Right. Mm-hmm. So what you got, what's your guys' formula when you're trying to figure that stuff out? I got it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> when it comes to um, figuring out the project, when you walk into these homes that are in distress, um, you kind of are doing an estimate. Mm-hmm. So if you've talked with contractors, you've interviewed them, you've asked them their price square foot Mm -hmm. you know based on condition wise then you can walk in and do an estimate when you're looking at the properties itself get it under contract right and then if you need to renegotiate it later you can okay um because maybe you have a contractor that comes in now and give you a full scope of work and now you need to go back to the seller and state hey the house actually you have ammo right so you're you're filling your ammo from the home inspection to the contractor's scope of work and now you're going back and you're renegotiating and stating, hey, in order to keep this deal on the table, we yeah. need to get to here. Because you're needing to get how much out of that property? Mm. Mm. So <laughs> I love it. That's a good question. Because <laughs> all, right, all right, so, so if, if, if we if we tell you a number, don't take that number and and stick it to may it. Your, not be yours. your business might be different, <laughs> that's right? Right, but that's right. So everybody should have a limit, right? If you do a flip, you may say, look, if I'm not going to make twenty thousand dollars on this property profit, then I'm not going to do it. Um, our minimum is 50,000. So we're going to, we try to stay somewhere between like 50, 70,000, um, profit. And that's, if it's not going to work, then it's not the house for you. You know, right. sometimes you got to walk away, not be emotional. Um, but when Toy is talking about renegotiating stuff, most people don't have a lot of capital. They spend money hypothetically before they even receive it. If you put an offer in on a house, 
and they accept that offer, they've already spent that money yeah. in their mind. Yeah. Right? They're paying off credit cards. Yeah. They're taking a trip to Aruba. They got college for their kids. It's gone. Right? So if I come back to you and I say, look, my contractor gave me this number. There's a lot more wrong with your house than I thought. The home inspectors looked at it. I still want to buy it, but now I got to get it for this number. Or I got to walk away. A lot of, not every time, but a lot of times they're going to negotiate with you because they've already spent that money. They're like, well, I need the money. So I don't want them to walk away from this deal. Was that number your number when you started to, what you had to get out of it? Or were you more comfortable just saying, hey, we just got to get started? We so, didn't have a number. We didn't have a number okay. when we got started. Yeah. We kind of just ripped the Band-Aid off and got started. Okay. And I was like, as long as I make something, I don't care. Yeah. Right, and I think a lot of people, <laughs> that's that's where you got to start. Because, again, especially if you're using other people's money because mm-hmm. they want experience, you know, some of them, right? We were so, paying for education, for right, sweat equity. Right, yeah. so sometimes it's like, you know what, If as long as I don't lose money, Yes, it's a lot of work. You know, you know, nobody wants to spend three months yeah. dealing with a project like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you're actually physically doing it, uh, some of it, all of it, or just managing it, uh, and then just walk away just breaking even. But at the same time, um, like you said, the more you do, the better relationships you get, the better deals you get. Yes. Uh, so that's when you can start setting those. So you know what? If it's not fifty thousand, sixty thousand, seventy thousand dollars profit not interested. You know, you start setting those boundaries and figuring out again, what your business model is. Right. Um, cause for some people they'll do, you know, 10 flips a year and they're okay making $10,000 profit. That's a hundred thousand dollars in their pocket. You know, for some people like now my kids are expensive, you know, I need, (laughs) I need, I need a lot more than that, you know? Um, so, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you you got to figure uh, out scaling helps that like you're saying. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing 10 flips a year Mm -hmm. and you're making 10, 20,000, yeah, that ain't nothing to be mad sure. about, right? Absolutely, so and so that that really helps the more volume yeah. you do, and it and it cushions your your risk. Yep. Yes. Well, and that's the other thing. That's the other part of this, right? So it's not just what you need off of it. Um, it's mm-hmm. also what's going to happen when when I, like you said earlier, tear down a wall and I get an uh oh. Yeah. You know that that exactly. That, uh, you have to have some type of buffer in, or an HVAC gets stolen, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or that roof that looked okay. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, okay. right before we get ready to close, <laughs> it starts leaking, right? Yes. And now we just got to go ahead and rip it off and yeah. put a new one on, right? Or that's that's the stalling point, yes. right? And it's, it's listed because we see that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you list a house, it sets on the market, it gets lots of showings, but all the feedback is, yeah, but the roof, you know, or mm-hmm. yeah, but the HVAC. Yeah, I'm yeah. paying because we're in a different market than 2% interest, you know. Um, paying closing yeah, costs. Yeah, paying closing costs. Uh, how home prices did not drop. Yeah. Um, they've gone up. So now I'm paying $350,000 for a, a house that should be two fifty dollars at 7% interest. Yeah. That HVAC, you yeah. know, it's 20 years old, right? So now mm-hmm. it's like, well, if I need to move this property at the price I need to get it at, we got we to put a new HVAC in, right? Yep. So um, from there, everything's done. Do you guys use staging? We do. So depending on the area, we will stage. Okay. Um, but I'd say nine out of ten. Yeah. All of our properties get staging. Yeah, I've 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 noticed that a lot of investors push staging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good investors, right? It There's a lot of investors helps. out there, but a lot, a lot of good investors push staging where a lot of uh, a lot of people. <laughs> and what does that do for you? So the staging actually helps me in the real estate world, <laughs> buying and selling, <laughs> helping people every day. Um, Staging helps people visualize, especially if you have done add-ons to um, the home. Mm-hmm. 
Like maybe you converted the attic or maybe you changed what was a Cape Cod. You've now made it an entire floor that's a suite style. So having those um, staging pieces in place Mm -hmm. allow people to see, oh, that's what I could do with this space compared to if they just walked in the house and they're like, oh, this room is too small. Well, if I already have it staged with a full-size or a queen-size bed, now you know your bed can actually fit in that room and it's not as small as you thought it was. Right. So it's just getting people to be able to visualize themselves there. And it also helps to sell the home, Mm -hmm. takes their eyes away from the little small things. Maybe your contractor didn't quite mud properly. (laughs) (laughs) So you're like, okay, now there's some staging there. They're not going to be like, oh, there's a blemish there. So staging definitely helps. um, And it allows people, too, to see more value in your home, I feel like. They walk in, it looks nice, it smells nice. It's already inviting and welcoming, yep. and now they're ready to put in an offer instead of coming in and being like, no, I see these blemishes, oh, this, and now they're going to come in and try and negotiate you down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you do staging, professional photos, yes, of course. Yes, professional yeah. photos every not, time. Not on your phone? No cell phone photos. No cell me. phone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's, it's like that, um, what we talked about during the seminar, like stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Right. Yeah. Somebody might say, well, I don't want to pay a – a stager, twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars, however much that stager charges, but what value is that going to bring to the house? Like, just pay the people. Let let other people make money. Let other people do the job that they're professional at, right? And then you're going to make your money. Also, Including like, your costs. Well, this all this all goes back to, and this this isn't just contractors. This applies to home inspectors. It applies to realtors. It applies to contractors. There's a lot. There's a lot of them. But very few business owners, yeah. and, and and when you get an investment, investing is a business, right? It's not just something you feel like doing, exactly. right? It's, it's a business, <laughs> so business has cost. Yes. Uh, it doesn't matter what business you're in, you have cost. You know, it doesn't matter how lean you run it, there's still cost. And and in order to run a the business to the <laughs> uh, the most efficient way possible, or <laughs> um. The, in order to get the most out of your business, you have to spend that money. And, yeah. But you have to be able to, to understand that, you know, to be professionals, professional investor, that we need a stage. Yes. You know, we need to have a professional photographer. We need to have, uh, you know, licensed contractors. Yes. You know, people who know actual real estate agents, not for sale by owners, you know, yes. things like that. Definitely. So, um, so for sure. So with that, that was kind of a lot of rapid fire questions. Um, just kind of <laughs> one after another, but I will see if anybody has any questions that wasn't either answered during the seminar or. So they're not on that starting five. Okay. <laughs> so the question is, Latoya has a starting five, uh, and it's the five people you need on your team to to start investing. And the question is, which one of those is going to going to mentor you for the yeah, most part? Kind of hold right? your hand. Yeah, hold your hand. And that is going to be outside of those five people. You will need to get a coach or a mentor um, that can hold your hand, that you can call up and run a deal pass, maybe run your numbers with, maybe even walk a project with you. And so you have to have someone yeah. outside of that. Yep. So add coach and mentor to that list. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, all everybody on that list and and the people even not on that list. I mean, at the, I got to tell all my clients, I don't care if you buy the house or not, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, because I get asked, you know, after an inspection, would you buy this house? No. <laughs> But it's not for the reasons that you think, right? Because yeah. I don't want to live in the Richmond or I don't right. want to live, yeah. you know, in a hundred-year-old house or I'm just not buying a house, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so they don't have a – they have a vested interest in their services. They don't have a vested interest in your investment, right? Yes. Um, but that's where all these different networking groups – I mean, you get on Facebook and there's, there's a dozen of them, two dozen, three dozen that meet weekly, monthly – in the city of Richmond uh, and, and its surrounding areas um, or wherever you're at, uh, there's always a mentor. I think there was someone here that yeah. said that they do mentoring, coaching, mentoring. Was that you? That was us. Well, it was somebody else too. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, but either way, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter how big or small. There's yeah. always somebody mm-hmm. saying, hey, I'm willing to mentor or, or coach. Yeah. The, yeah. the other thing investors. too is these people aren't investors, right? They yeah. They may have your attorney may own a rental property, but they're not real estate investors necessarily. Your contractor, daggone sure, ain't, ain't an investor. <laughs> um, not gonna help. You know what I mean? So, so those people are there for their profession, right? They're there to run their business. They're not necessarily. They, they don't necessarily have your best interests at heart. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, and this is nothing against again contractors. I know it sounds like we're beating them up, but <laughs> they're also running a business, so they're gonna say, hey. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should upgrade these doors, right? <laughs> maybe maybe you should do, redo the trim mm-hmm. in here. And you're like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then before you I'm know like, it, do it on your house. Yeah, right, right. Not this so, one. <laughs> um, but yeah, you gotta have. I mean, I, I text Latoya um, a lot, uh, yeah. <laughs> asking okay, questions. Though. You know, what do you think about this one? What do you think about this? You know, where this is at? All that, all all those things that to see if it makes sense to even go look at it. Yeah. You know. And, and we coach there. and mentor people even outside of the state of Virginia Yeah, um, that are just getting into real estate investing and they need, you know, the handholding. They need someone that they can call and say, hey, do, do these numbers make sense? We had some that recently just closed on a property, first time flipping in Charlotte, North Carolina. And they did nice. amazing. So we, we try to make sure when we got started, remember, we talked about it. We had mm-hmm. our hurdles, right? We yeah. had to do a reset, recharge, yeah. right? So we had to go outside of our state to get that. Yeah. And so we wanted to make sure that we were here to be able to do the handholding, reach down and help someone right. else. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There are creative ways in financing your coaching and mentoring, I promise you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, question is, what is step one for starting today? Step one for starting today, if you already have your team in place and you have the deal, um, the next thing is to actually take action. So if you have that deal in place and you have your team in place, then my guess is you're already under contract. Is that correct? Okay. You're looking for deals. Okay. 
Okay. So if you're looking for deals, then the first action item, if you were to leave here today and you have your team in place and now you're going to find the deal, I would find all of the properties that I feel like would work, that are in distress, that um, are underperforming, and I would go out into the field and I'm going to start looking at those properties. If my contractor can go along with me, I'm going to take him with me. Why? Because he can now be at the property and he can point out things that you're looking to do and give you an estimate. I think going out into the field and actually just getting in that environment, remember we say get into the rooms, get into the environment, surround yourself with it. The more practice you put into going out to the properties and actually seeing it, knowing what your contractor looks at, how they price stuff is going to help you be able to go out and do it yourself without your contractor. You, I just, wanna, I wanna, you can just say what she said. Yeah, I use that answer <laughs> a lot. <laughs> no, but um, all my answers are great. They, no. they are. She be on it. But um, one of the things that I'm big on is execution, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of times we get in our own way. We want to overanalyze. We want to overthink. We want to say, well, what about this and that? Sometimes you got to just get started. Now that doesn't necessarily mean go spend two hundred thousand dollars and buy a house today. But get started in something. Get started in those steps. Get started um, meeting with an attorney. Um, Because all attorneys aren't going to work the way you want them to work. Some attorneys don't work with wholesalers. They don't take wholesale deals. Um, Some contractors don't really work well with investors. They're the kind of contractors that work for your um, new construction builders, right? So they're used to getting paid in a different way. They're used to doing a different type of project. They don't know how to necessarily fix up a property, but they can... build a property from ground up. You don't, it's different when you have to fix somebody else's issues, right? So start taking steps, start actually doing the, the business. And I think that's going to be like, um, like, like I said about the whole, you know, heroin act and all that stuff. Once you start getting in that world, it'll start coming together for you. So just, just get started. Investment, not heroin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get started Maybe. in investment. <laughs> the invest- no, no. Get started in the investment. That was an analogy. Yeah, yeah. Don't get started. Don't get started on the. In no, heroin. we do not condone drugs here. Uh, <laughs> how often are you guys visiting properties throughout the process? Ooh. Because you both have um, very busy lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, honestly, we try to visit our properties once a week. Okay. So, we try and go on Fridays. Um, and we stop by each of the projects just to see what's going on. Um, typically, our contractor, our GC, will send us an update every week. Hmm, got it. That's nice. That's cute. But I need to put eyes on it myself as well. Because at the end of the day, you're the one who's yeah. holding the bag. You're responsible for it. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you're physically putting eyes on it. Your contractor could tell you an update and say, hey, yeah, uh, we pulled permits. We are installing HVAC this week. Backsplash is going up in the kitchen. And you get there on Friday and none of that happened. But they told you that on Monday. Yeah. yeah. So the the week's over. Yeah. Monday through week. Friday. So I've what happened? Them, I've seen them no work be done for two weeks because yeah. they've, you know, other yeah. projects. And so you definitely yeah. want to put eyes on it yourself. Yep. Have you fired contractors? Absolutely. <laughs> Middle of project <laughs> fast and in a hurry. And you better fire fast. Yeah. Yeah. You better fast fire fast. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to yeah. because it's your asset again. It's 
you are holding the bag at the end of the day and yeah. it costs you money every day that you hold that project. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing with going back to using other people's money, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you're, you're being charged daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you, you literally are losing money every single day. You got to yeah. work the art of it because, um, life happens, right? Life happens to all of us. Contractors get sick. Contractors get tired. Contractors want to take a family vacation. I got all that. So I'm not going to fire you just because something happened. But you got to recognize patterns. You got to recognize somebody who's who's not good at the job, who's not delivering. Those people were saying fire. Yes. Not just because not just they showed you, up late today. You, you, know, you were like, late yeah. today or you didn't show up yesterday. Okay, right. got it. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? Intangibles for hard money lenders. So I look at terms. Um, a lot of hard money lenders, they have different terms. Some will do uh, nine months, 12 months, 18 months. And so you want to analyze your project and say, how long do I anticipate getting this project done? And then what if I don't get it done in this amount of time? Because you're typically going to get hit with a lot of fees and balloon payments um, if you go past that time. The flip side to that is the longer you go, the higher the interest rate. So if you're already at 10 11% interest, that's high. And then if you want to go 18 months, now they're going to charge you 12, 13, you know, whatever. It's going to be a much higher interest rate. So that buys you more time, but the money's costing you more, right? So you got to kind of play with that and say, you know, um, what's going to protect you in your business as far as giving you enough time, but not too much. And you also want to look for points. See if your lender is charging you points in your um, in your loan estimate. And points are, they can be something that you have to pay at the time that you purchase at closing, or it could be on the back end. So when after you've rehabbed it and now you're going to sell it, then they're going to charge you those points, deferred points, they call it. So they'll charge you on the back end. So you want to look at that. So it's cost of doing business, right? Cost of money. And we prefer delayed points. Yeah. Because you we've paid points both ways, right? But it's more capital out of your pocket to pay points up front. So if a lender charges you two points, that's 2%. Let's just say the house is $200,000. That's going to be $4,000 that you have to pay in points just to get the loan, right? You're still going to pay that same 4000 but it's easier to pay it on the back, mm-hmm. right? So then when you sell the house, they're going to take that $4,000. It's just less money out of your pocket. You're going to pay it one way or another. It's just easier to pay. I'd rather it pay it on the end. On the back, yeah. And what about? Um, I'm sure you look at if they charge a fee for paying it off early. Like if you got like yes. a nine month or twelve month yeah. contract, and you, yeah. you're trying to get out in three months, right? Yep. Yeah. If there's a early payment fee, prepayment fee penalty. He, he owns yeah. a construction company, so he's like, why are you all like, giving me that? No. So, honestly, um, that that's our standard, right? And we look at that when we're analyzing purchasing the property. How long is it going to take us to get through this project? We've done some projects where, okay, now we're hitting, you know, a half a million dollar house at the end of the day. So that one may take a little more time because we're talking over 2,500 square feet. I'm going to get a contractor a little more time. (laughs) 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 But, (laughs) huh? 
So, yes, in that case, you may have four months. I'm going to give you another 30 days on that to be able to finish that project out. But if new construction can build a house ground up, you can renovate a house in 90 days. Uh-huh. You just got to get the contractor to do their job. Yeah. And you got to stay on them. Yes. <laughs> but, but, we have, but see, we also have that conversation up front. Yeah. If the contractor says that they can't do this project in that amount of time, maybe you're not the contractor for me, and I go find another one. Or we piece it, and we say, okay, well, what part of this project can you take, and then what part do I need to hire or bring in some other people, yeah. you know what I mean, to help supplement what you're doing? Because Absolutely. at the end of the day, we're paying, like she said, 90 to $100 a day. Yeah. Right? And so I can't have you take an indefinite amount of time. You know, you got some contractors just be like, we get it done when we get it done. Nah. They're like, well, I went on lunch <laughs> at 12. But you got here at 1030. And 10 it's 30. now 3. <laughs> yeah, right. And right. you're still not back from lunch? Yeah. So yeah. you have to make sure your contractors are actually showing up doing the job. If they're doing that, like, we're leaning in on them. Everybody, well, no. contractor is getting paid throughout the process. Yes. So when you get, when yes, they, when they, they can expound on this, but when you get your hard money loan, it's also. That uh, money sits in escrow. Yeah. So you're, and you're so paying you it out. Draws yep. As the project goes and you and your contractor talk up front about how they expect to be paid. Some of them ask for a deposit at the time of starting and then they may say, okay, we'll take an, another payment midway and then they get their final payment. Yeah. So they may have three payments throughout that process. And yeah. so the money that you're getting for the rehab, whether the lender is financing 100% of that rehab, that money sits in escrow and you have to show the lender that you've actually completed certain parts of the scope of work. And then they will release that money out. Yeah, so your loan is going to be for the house, to purchase the house, and then the repair costs for the house. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yep. How do you take payment? When do you expect payment? Do you do a deposit and then we do the rest at the end? Do you need payments throughout the project? Because hopefully your contractor can manage their money. That's where the problem lies. Because if you give them and never... Y'all hear me? Is this thing on? Never (laughs) give a contractor all the money up front. They're going to walk, and you're going to be stuck. Never give them all the money up front. I don't know if you know this or not, but to get that money back from them through legal means, it moves slow. (laughs) Yeah, to legally (laughs) get that money back? Their court systems move slow. Yes. Uh, So never pay a contractor 100% up front. I always give a deposit. And then we'll go through. And usually it's like 25%. I'm like, hey, I'll get you started. And then you're going to get a couple payments throughout. Yeah. Because you'd hate to give them half of the money up front. They go and spend. Then they also bought the subcontractors and everybody lunch. And they don't went to dinner on your money. And then they come back to you and they're like, oh, well, we need some more money. Well, what happened? Because I paid you for this part of the scope of work, yet you haven't completed and so I also look at my scope of work and I see how much each thing costs and I'm paying you. So I know in the beginning you should be covering these things until those things are done. You're not getting no more money. Yeah. I've done inspections on on, on renovated houses and there were significant issues and the seller couldn't pay 
because of that exact scenario. They mm-hmm. all their, their money was gone. They didn't have any more money because they they gave the money up front. Um, contractor bailed, and and they were pretty much kind of DIYing it till the end, and and it just wasn't pretty. Um, and yeah. I don't want to scare everybody like your contractor's going to bail. There's a lot of really good contractors out there, which is how we're able to get yes. the products done that we get done. We have really good contractors. But it's just you got to keep in mind that this is your business. You're protecting you and your business, and they're, you know, doing their job or service. Also, um, you can't fire somebody that you already paid. Right, so so you got you you got to if you want to yeah you got to manage you got to manage a certain amount of money to say okay now I'm gonna go hire X Y Z company to step in and finish this project but I got to have some money to be able to pay them right so you got to yeah that's another reason why and it's if also, those contractors don't show back up at least you can go hire yeah. someone else and it's also important to know that even when you find good contractors you're still gonna need to keep finding good contractors because what happens is you find somebody, they're a really good contractor. What happens when somebody's really good at what they do? Somebody they else finds them. Yep. So <laughs> so at some point, they're just going to be too busy for you, right? Yeah. So you're going to have to start that process all over again. So the contractor, revol- it's, it's a revolving door. And it's not because they're all so bad. It's just because yeah. even the good ones, they just get busy, you know, and, and they move so on to other projects. you're constantly adding yeah. to your database of vendors. Yeah. So you're, you might have, like, your your team that you originally started with, but you're constantly adding to that so that if one person steps out, gets too busy, can't take you on, you have somewhere else that you can fall in. Yep. Yeah. Do you have another question? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh yeah, sorry. I was just waiting. Um, yeah, so the question was basically about the Airbnb. How how you know pre COVID, during COVID, Airbnb really took off, and now in the last uh, what six months a year, there's been a lot of what's called negative articles, negative press coming out. Um, for one, it's saturated in a lot of areas, not all areas, but it's very saturated um, because everybody wants to do it now. Um, and then two, the negative from just the cost of Airbnb because people are, and this is everything since COVID is fees, right? Yes. Um, I can't go book something for a hundred bucks because when I go to check out, it's $180, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so now it's, what do you, what are your guys thoughts on Airbnb? Are you participating in all that? So stuff? I'll let, um, Toya talk more about Airbnb because she, um, is in that world more. Um, but I just want to touch on the saturation aspect. I don't believe in saturation. I don't, I think it's a myth. I don't, right. I don't think it exists. I believe in abundance. And so you can't tell me there's too many Airbnbs, but there's a hotel on every corner that yeah. has hundreds of rooms in that hotel. Yep. There's plenty, right? There's plenty of houses to flip. Me and Toya can't take them all. There's some for you, some for you. There's plenty for everybody. Yep. Um, I just don't believe in saturation. But. Absolutely agree on that. Um, as far as Airbnb, we do not participate in Airbnb. It is a avenue that we had thought about, but um, – we were, when we got started in real estate investing, it was to get, I guess, our our systems and processes together. Like, get perfect at something before it's like, 
all these things came out, right? Social media is telling you, go do this, go do this, go do this. Stop jumping. Stop jumping. Don't jump on everyone's bandwagon. Everything isn't for you. You know, you may hate Airbnb. I personally, um, when we were looking at Airbnb, I was just like, I'm not sure if that's something I want to take on right now because you have to manage that property still. And it's constant turnover, right? So it's not like our long-term holds, which I prefer more because now I know I have a tenant in place for 12 months. They can put in a maintenance request. I can fix that. But when I have people coming in weekly, daily, I don't want to run the hospitality business. So for me... And our business, Airbnb, wasn't what we wanted to do. Um, As far as the negatives that are coming out, as far as the articles, Airbnb, I know plenty of people who own them. And they're doing well. They're successful at it. Um, Airbnbs in the right locations are doing great. Um, It's for those who picked Airbnbs. Maybe they had an apartment. And they were like, oh, I'm going to make this Airbnb. I want to rent out my place. And I'm going to stay there on the weekends. Well, that may not work for you because of the location of it. Also, there's a lot of regulations in place. You guys know as we start jumping into new stuff, the government's going to put their hands in it. That's right. They, yeah. they have to regulate it. They have to make sure they're eating off of it too. And they realize, wait, wait, I'm not getting any tax dollars. I'm not getting nothing from this. <laughs> Hold on. Y'all making all the money. I need some. I want a piece. So they wanted to jump in. So right now the negativity has been because there was so many Airbnbs that came out and there were no regulations in place for it. So now it's just trying to rain, put some reins on it and, and get regulations in place, make sure that they have permits, make sure that people are doing right by the people that are staying there. The same way that there's regulations for the hotels. It's the hospitality industry at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. That is an amazing question, and I get asked that question a lot. Why? Because I also run a team, Um, and so I have eight agents at Morgan & Co., and so that's eight people that can call me at any point in time. And they do. And they do, okay? And then I also have our real estate investment business. He's a client of mine, okay? So he's asking for properties. He's asking to go see stuff. So... Honestly, time blocking is huge, which is why we try to make sure we know first thing in the morning when we wake up, it's you're going to have a conversation about what's that day looking like. We honestly have weekly meetings and those weekly meetings happen every Sunday. Every Sunday we talk about our calendar. We talk about projects we have going on. We talk about any obstacles or hurdles we need to get over that week. And then it's kind of like, you know, what's going on. We share calendars. So I know what he has going on in a day, and sometimes we have to split. And then we're very transparent with our kids. We do have kids, (laughs) Um, 24, 18, and 13. So we try to make sure that they understand, and we involve them in our businesses. They were here earlier for the seminar. Um, So they are very much involved in our business to understand that everything that we're doing is to build a legacy for them (laughs) and to help make sure that they understand what real estate is. 
um, and what entrepreneurship and business is. So they understand there's me time, there's family time, and then there's one-on-one time individually. So we have a standing date night. We have a standing family time. So it's like if you put it on the calendar, we live by our calendars. So if you call me and I'm in the middle of a meeting, I'm not going to answer that phone because I live by the calendars. And so that is how we learn to manage our time and the things that we do. The other thing, too, um, just to add to that, is we don't necessarily um, separate a lot of things. So we can go out and we're looking at properties and we're just viewing properties that we're thinking about purchasing for an investment. And then we stop and we pull over to Crocus Spot and we grab lunch and that's a little date night. You know what I mean? Date day, like whatever, right? And so if you... We don't overcomplicate it. It's like all this stuff kind of flows together. And then uh, the kids were here today, and then my son had to go to basketball, you know, tryouts or whatever, so they're gone. And then we're going to see them later. It's like if, if you overcomplicate it, I think, yeah. is the thing, then you're, you're, um, you're going to get overwhelmed. And you're like, how am I going to get all this stuff done? We kind of get it all done smoothly, smoothly like together. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of – it's more so making sure you have that support system too, like having an outlet, like – Sometimes you got to say no to stuff. Okay? Say no. It's okay. If it does not align with what you're doing and what you're where you're going, say no. Friend, let me tell you, partying is going to be there. Friends are going to be there. So you have to say no. If it's they want to go out tonight, well, I'm sorry. Tonight I was actually going to go view some properties or tonight I was going to go to this real estate event. There's people right now that we had, you know, registered to come to the seminar today where they right now they couldn't say no to something else but that's the difference once you say no to something like stick to it know what your goals are and show up for yourself i know you do that's why i looked over there <laughs> well, <laughs> anyone else have a question <laughs> tell me what you mean by government funding Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean programs like that? Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On buy-in, buy-in holds. So the question is, how do we feel about? Uh-huh. Tenant. Okay, and the tenant would be in some type of program. We are perfectly a-okay with that and love it. That's the best way. Um, One of the reasons why we wanted to get into real estate investing was to, a lot of people here buy back the block, but it's honestly just to create affordable housing. You know, there's people living in conditions where they can't take care of the homes anymore or the the house just hasn't been maintained. You have slumlords and stuff out there. So it's showing them that you can have, you know, better quality of living. And so public housing, being able to do government programs, absolutely, it's guaranteed money coming in. And then you're also giving someone a quality home. And you know who you are personally, so how are you going to show up as a landlord? So I definitely, we 
Section 8, all of it, we do it. Yeah. So we, uh, we'll do one more question um, for the podcast anyways. Y'all can, because uh, uh, Courtney, Courtney, she got up early. She's tired. She's got she's got other Courtney, places to be. Thank you. Um, <laughs> she's been glaring at me since she got here. Uh, so we'll do one more for, uh, to record, and then uh, the rest awesome. will be off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to do two. I know. I know. <laughs> she didn't have her question today. Go for it. Um, what's your favorite pleasure? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So we have different programs and things um, around the room. If you scan, you can reach out to us and we can reach out to you as well um, to just tell you about ways of connecting and being able to work together. Absolutely. That was an easy question. You can ask yours. You can ask yours. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the questions are basically if they're available for mentorship and, and yes. uh, uh, consultations, and they uh, absolutely are. So with that, uh, people want to reach you. How do they reach you? So I am on all social media platforms. All social media. All social all media us. platforms at LatoyaWashington.Realtor. Awesome. Kevin? And I'm also on all social media platforms, and it's at Dr. K. Washington. Well, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate all the questions. Uh, appreciate you guys um, taking your time. Uh, for those listening, make sure you check out the Success Leaves Clues podcast. It's an amazing appreciate podcast. Uh, he has a lot of uh, a lot of good people on there dropping dropping yeah, their including you. their wisdom. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, he was a uh, that was a slow slow week for him. That week. <laughs> <laughs> so other people couldn't wouldn't answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so um, no, I appreciate it. I think this was great. Um, we could stay here all day and do yeah. this yes. uh, because this is a never ending uh, barrel of of just information. Well, thank you for having us yeah. and for hosting it live and allowing people yeah, to, this was to fun. ask questions. It was fun. Yeah, it was good. Thanks. Great time. Thanks. Do it again. Yes. Appreciate it. <laughs>